Today on a Good Hockey Podcast, we are doing another top 10 list because we love making lists. I love lists. Lists are fun. They are... They're pretty easy to do. Uh, they don't require a lot of effort. And they seem to get a decent amount of listens. Yeah, you know, people love lists, especially top 10s. Mm. It's a, you know, it's just clickbait. It's awesome. So today we're doing the top 10 cup favorites. That means we're going to list our top 10 teams that we think are most likely to win the Stanley Cup. Let's just jump right into it. In fact, let's dive right into it. At number 10, we have the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. Who made a lot of changes this offseason. Yeah. They... Well, honestly, it's talk about Ryan Nugent Hopkins because they got him to a fantastic deal. Mm-hmm. Five years of five point five million. Real nice. They also signed Zach Hyman, or sorry, eight years of uh, five point five million. They also signed Zach Hyman to a seven-year deal at five point five million. Yep, that's a that's a player that Connor McDavid needs. That is a player that Connor McDavid needs. You are right. They also bring in Warren Fogle. from Carolina, I believe he was. That's where he was last year, right? That is right. Yeah. Vogel's a great guy. He's a well, great player, I should say. Kind of a rough guy, and I think that's what they need in their bottom six. That's what their bottom six looks like. So Edmonton manages to keep their core with the two, you know, some of the two best forwards in the league, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreitseidel. I think that Jesse Pugliarvi really started to show last year that he can be a competent player, and I think this year he'll only get better the big questions around Edmonton are in their bottom six which start to thin out we'll see how they all work together I think they'll still need to make some moves for some depth scoring because you can't put everything on McDavid and Dreitseidel and I think that although their defense is pretty it's got some nice names Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry are certainly not nobodies. It's going to be a strong first pairing. Duncan Keith is a good player. I don't... He's old. I don't really understand the move that they made for him, especially since Chicago didn't retain any salary. And then picking up Cody CC, I don't think that is a fantastic play either. They're th- so that's our second line pairing, Duncan Keith and Cody CC. It really looks weak. And the third line pairing, Chris Russell and Evan Bouchard, you know, nobodies. Evan Bouchard's never played an NHL game, from uh, what I understand. I, I know that he is a promising prospect. However, I don't understand. I th- why would they not keep Ethan Bear? Sure. They they replaced Ethan Bear with Cody Cece. Why not just have Evan Bouchard wait another year and Bear's on the third pairing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or Cece's on the third pairing. Bear... Anyways, I, I don't understand them getting rid of Bear, but yeah, their defense, big question mark. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's a lot of defense happening in their defensive core. Yeah, well, Oscar Clefbaum is on the IR, so if he comes back, that changes how the D looks significantly. That does change it. They could also make some moves. I think they've been talking about buying out Koskinen, who is their goalie, uh, or one of their two goalies. Their, their goalies in general are another question mark. Mike Smith is old, 
He had one of his best seasons of his career last year. That seems to be a bit of an outlier. A little bit. It seems unlikely that he finally picked up elite status goaltending at 40 years old. But maybe. And, yeah, Koskinen's just shit and he's getting paid a lot of money. So I think they need to buy out his contract to open up some cap space and maybe get somebody else in there. I know that they were looking... They were in the Kemper market, but they didn't manage to pick him up. Colorado won those stakes instead. Yeah, Colorado, Colorado exactly managed to get it. So Edmonton is not a complete team, but few teams in the NHL are. What Edmonton definitely is, is a competitor because they have amazing players. They've got the best player in the league. Maybe the best player of all time. Probably. And they've got Leon Dreitzettel as well. And they don't have nobodies. So, I think last year... (laughs) We're so distracted because Winnie's going nuts over here. I know. It's okay, Winnie. Just please leave us alone. We're recording. (laughs) Anyways, Edmonton, we put at number 10 because they performed real well last season in the North Division. They also played pretty well in the playoffs. No, wait, they didn't. They got fucking slapped by the Jets. They got 4 0 by the Jets. Maybe, Connor, Connor McDavid didn't look, didn't look great either. Maybe this pick is stupid. Whatever, dude. Edmonton's on number 10. You look, at, you look at the rest of the league, and honestly, Edmonton looks like a stronger team than most teams. Right. Okay. At number nine, though, let's move on. Number nine, we have the Philadelphia Flyers, who had a terrible season last... Or, terrible season. Yeah. Terrible season last year. But they made a lot of changes in this offseason. They've revamped their defensive core. They've shipped out a few of their forwards for a few more defensive-based forwards. And honestly, I think they're really hoping... Carter Hart has a nice bounce back season. But if he does, then he can get back to how he performed in those first two years. Then Philadelphia is most definitely a playoff contender. Yeah, like we've talked about, goalies need good defensemen. It's really hard to put up good numbers as a goalie when you don't have a supporting cast in front of you and you're taking 35 plus shots a night. And 15 of them are from high-danger areas. So Carter Hart really struggled last year. Unfortunately, when you look at the deep stats, though, it's not just from high-danger scoring areas. He was also letting in a lot of easy shots, yeah. which suggests there's something there. Maybe it's some he some mental. I know there's a lot of pressure being a goalie in Philadelphia. People always say that they're hard on their goalies. Could be some confidence issues. Exactly. So I think... Another year for him to get a bit older, gain a bit more poise. I think Carter Hart could really blow up. Now their backup's Martin Jones, which I don't think is sick at all, but it is what it is. Their forwards it's insane. Are, 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 are real good. Okay, this first line, Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, and Travis Konechny is fantastic. That can score goals and stop them from getting in. Kevin Hayes is a good second-line center, and over this offseason, they've picked up Cam Atkinson in a deal with Columbus. Joel Farabee is a young guy who has a lot lot of of potential to blow up. I think this year, if they play him on the second line or higher, uh, those extra minutes will be 
um, important for, for his development. Fundamental, one might say. And they've got Scott Lofton and as well as JVR, who they've got on the third line. Oscar Lindbaum is a good player. And for their defense, they made a ton of moves this offseason. Uh, like we mentioned, defense last year was a huge problem for Philadelphia, and that's maybe why Carter Hart had so much problems in net. So Philadelphia really paid up to address those issues. They paid with their future with draft picks. That's right. They went out and acquired Ryan Ellis from the Nashville Predators. They also got Rasmus Ristolainen from the Buffalo Bruins. They picked up Keith Yandel. Cheap contract, 900K. And uh, was Justin Braun there before? I believe he was on the team last year. Okay, so Braun, Sandheim, and Prover were there before. Uh, those are great names. That's a good six. That's one of the best defensive lineups, I think, in the league. Provorov, Provorov Ellis is a is a fantastic top two. Sandheim, Ristolainen. Ristolainen uh, still has plenty of room to, say, to grow. Yeah, Sandheim, Ristolainen, both those guys have plenty of room to grow. Sure. And then you got Yandel and Braun on the on the back end. Braun is a defensive-based defenseman, and Yandel is a... Power play speci- specialist. A, yeah, he's a great offensive veteran defense, yeah. right? So I think this team... Look so good on it, paper. It's and I real. Thought, I thought they looked good last year, but maybe even better this season. I think it's more rounded this year. I agree. And that's why they're the ninth most likely to win the cup. At number eight, we have the New York Islanders, who, at the helm of Barry Trotz, always perform above expectations. So it's about time that we start ranking them as necessary. So we've got them as the eighth most likely to win the Stanley Cup for the 2022 season. Their forwards are fantastic. Matthew Barzal only gets better every year. Yep. They've got good deals on guys like Andrews Lee. Uh, Bailey and Nelson are maybe a little bit overpaid and on the decline. I would also say the same thing for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who's playing on their third line as their center. He's getting five mil, but he still plays pretty well. He's this a team is performer this too. team has depth. The third line could be a second line with Peugeot, Kiefer Bellows, and Richard Panic, who they acquired in the offseason. They've also got Anthony Bovillier, who's a nice young two-way forward who's who's real making a nice name for himself. And like their fourth line could be a third line, you know? Matt Martin, Komarov, Clutterbuck. They play s- hitting two-way. They play a sick defensive game. They've lost a few important defense over the past few years, um, like Taves, most recently Letty. However, they always seem to have these, like... Just guys. Guys that come up and replace them and are great. And then they just end up being so good. They also have fantastic goaltenders. Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin are both starters on any team in the NHL. Sorokin is young. He's only going to get better. He may usurp Varlamov as the starter this year, or they might start running more of a tandem. I think they were kind of running like two games to one last year. It might be more like one to one or 1.5 to one. Yeah. With uh, Varlamov still being the starter, we'll see. I think they're going to. I think they're going to want to start promoting Sorokin's growth as early as possible and get him used to the system that the team's uh, running with. I think they ran Sorokin in the playoffs last year too. That might be right. Yeah. Yeah. So Islanders, really well-rounded team. This is a complete team. They're a top four team for the past two years in terms of like playoff performance, oh, yeah. but they can't get past the semifinals. 
I get past the lightning. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that they need to make any moves to try and get over that 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 next little bit. Maybe in addition to their defense, if their replacements don't play up to the standards of which we've seen their replacements have done over the past few years. Yeah. Then maybe they need to make a move for a defense. I don't know if they really want to do that, though, this year, because for the past few years they've been paying up a lot of assets to get rental players. Uh, I'm thinking about guys like Paul Mary and stuff. Yeah, Paul Mary was a, a – it was costly, and he just walked. So I don't know how much longer the Islanders can make those moves and still be a competitive team, but I think that next year they will be. At number seven, we have the Boston Bruins, who just somehow always are a competitive team. They're always competing uh-huh. for the Stanley Cup. But when you look at this team, there is no question that they are on this list. But the reason why they are so far down this list is because they are currently running a Linus Olmark jeremy Swayman tandem. And I have absolutely no faith in that going. Yeah, far. that's that's concerning. Their defense are, I would say they're good, but not fantastic. Like, we put Charlie McAvoy as one of our top ten defensemen in the league. And... Greslick, Carlo, and Riley are all decent, reliable. Decent, right? And then Forbert and Connor Clifton are nobodies. So, they're... they're their defense are looking a little weak. However, I would say their forwards have never looked it's better. It's nasty. Oh, maybe if Krejci was still around. If Krejci sure. was still here for the second line center, I think then it's never looked better, but it still looks fantastic. Well, I think Charlie Coyle as the second line center could take a huge step up this year and really become a second line center. He's been kind of limited in the past few years. And if you play him on that second line with Taylor Hall and Craig Smith, Oh, my God. That just sounds like such a good line. And everyone knows the Boston Bruins' first line. Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Pasternak. The third that's line, the, That's probably the best first line in the league, except for maybe Colorado's. Um, Dude, yeah. Yeah. So well, You could probably argue for either one. But what Boston was lacking over the past few years was depth on their forwards. And... They relied on their first line, and they relied on amazing goaltending. So now the character of the team has shifted, where the forwards are extremely deep. The first line is amazing. The second line, as we said, Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith is really good as well. And the third line, Charlie, like you were just saying, they picked up Eric Halla and Nick Foligno in the offseason, and they're going to pair those two with Jake DeBrusque. That's a nasty third line. Yeah, Boston's a good team. The East... The Eastern Conference is really where the majority of the contenders are this year. Uh, and honestly, the Atlantic is just pretty stacked. Yeah. I think, I actually think that four teams in our top ten are from the Atlantic. Yeah, they're the best best division in the league. However, moving up to number six, we have the Winnipeg Jets, who probably have the best forward core, maybe the second best forward core after looking at the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler... Pierre-Luc Dubois, Paul Stastny, Nikolai Ehlers, Andrew Kopp, Adam Lowry, Jansen Harkins, yeah. and then the fourth line doesn't even matter because that top top nine is just yeah, insane. And, but they do have Riley Nash in there. It's a really good forward line and they've or forward core. They've also got an amazing goaltender, Connor Hellebuck, probably yeah. the third or fourth best in the league we just ranked. 
decent uh, backup with Eric Comrie, who's, I think, young and has a lot of potential Lots to get better. Potential. He's only 24. I think the question mark around Winnipeg, especially uh, as seen last year and why Hellebuck had problems in that, is their defense. They tried to address that in the offseason by picking up Brendan Dillon as well as uh, Nate Schmidt. And Dylan DeMello. Those are all significant moves, but I don't think that any of those guys are... Game changers? Like, True I th- game changers? I think they help address some of the issues of this team, but Brendan Dillon being over 30, uh, he's a good defensive defenseman. I just think he's more of a second-line guy, and they have him playing... If they have him playing top-line minutes with Neil Pionk, that might be a problem. However, I could also see Josh Morrissey and Nate Schmidt getting those top-line minutes. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll see. But they are they are a complete team, and I could see them doing a, a lot of damage, especially with Hellebuck um, being such a reliable, poised goaltender and yeah. just carrying them through the playoffs. But what I like about what they did with these defensive additions is that guys like Brendan Dillon, Dylan DeMello, and Nate Schmidt, to a certain extent are more just defensive defensemen. They're more known for their defensive play. And that is what they really struggled with last season. They could score lots of goals because their offensive core is nasty. But keeping the puck out of the net, keeping the puck away from Hellebuck was the problem. So I feel like they addressed those problems a little bit. And uh, we'll see if Dylan Schmidt and DeMello can lock it down with Stanley and let Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk kind of run the offense. At number five, we have the Vegas Golden Knights. They are a complete team, but as everybody knows, the main thing that they are lacking in is centermen. Chandler Stevenson is their first-line center. Now, his teammates have lauded him as saying he is a first-line center, and he will only get better to develop in becoming a first-line center. Last year was a career year for him. He's quite competent on the ice between Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, who are big names. So I think you give... I think Chandler Stevenson's next year will only be better. Then their second line, William Carlson, Jonathan Marsis show, and Riley Smith. That was the first line of this team when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals yeah. in their first year. And yeah. so the, the line that took them to the Stanley Cup Finals is now their second line. They recently acquired Nolan Patrick as well as, uh, I think, signing Evgeny Dadanov. Or did they trade for him? They traded for Evgeny Dadanov and they re-signed Matthias Janmark to a nice deal. Yeah, who they got from the Blackhawks. So now their yeah. third line is looking real dangerous as well. And the fourth line, Brett Howden, Nicholas Roy, and Will Carrier yeah. are just big boys. That's going to be a heavy head line. It's, I guess, Howden and Roy Carrier... You know, potentially Reeves. Actually, no, I guess Reeves they sent to New York, right? Mm-hmm. But Reeves would be in there kind of as a checking fourth line. Their defense, insane. Probably best in the league. Probably the best in the league. Alec Martinez, Alex Petrangelo, Brady McNabb, Shea Theodore, Nicholas Haig, and Zach Whitecloud. Yep. I just, wow. Zach Whitecloud got a hat trick last, last year, I think. Yeah, it was like his first goal, and then he got... A hat-trick is in the same game, you know? Yeah, he's a noticeable player on the ice, and he's on the third line. Shea Theodore, one of the honorable mention for our top 10 defensemen in the league. Uh, Alex Petrangelo was... Number three. Number three. Number three. 
Braden McNabb is super competent as a defensive guy. Alex Martinez is super competent as an offensive guy and a mm-hmm. great match for Petrangelo, though he's not good as Theodore. Uh, I just, that's so great. Like, it's such a good, complete roster for, yeah. for both, yeah. both forwards and defensemen. Again, forwards, like, if Carlson really, or if Chandler Stevenson can really step up this year, then maybe they have, like, a totally complete forward core. But otherwise, I think they're slightly lacking in terms of having a true number one center. Yeah, I agree. Because Carlson isn't that. And at the moment, Chandler Stevenson isn't that. He's more of, like, best suited for second line minutes. So we'll see about that. But they probably have the best defense in the league. Also, I'm going to throw out that Alex Tuck is currently injured. Oh, right, damn. And is not on the lineups that we're looking at right now. Crazy. So their forward core is, I don't even know where he fits in. I guess Yanmark goes to the fourth line. That's crazy. Dadanov goes to the fourth line. Patrick might go to the fourth line. That would make the most uh, sense. I, I guess. Does, um, does Tuck play center? I have no idea. I think he's right wing. Whatever. And his goalie's a bit of a question mark because Robin Leonard got hurt last year and didn't have the greatest season. Yeah. He also had a very poor playoff performance in the few games that he was actually in net. Yeah. And Laurent Brossois, I... Laurent Brossois. I don't know who this guy is. I, I think I've he heard was... the name once or twice, but I don't, I don't really know anything about him. This might be incorrect. Remember, this is a good hockey podcast. This might be incorrect. I think he was playing on Winnipeg last year. And ah, that would make sense. For a short period of time, he was actually he had better stats than Hellebuck, okay. but like significantly less games played. So I think Brossard is, if that's true, he's not nobody. Um, and we can't confirm if that's true because this website that we're on sucks. Yeah, pretty terrible. Anyways, at number four, this is a team that I think looks really, really fucking good. Yep. Um, the Florida Panthers, who last year surprised the entire league with how well with how well they did, only seem to have got better this offseason. They added Sam Reinhart. They also added no one else. They added Sam Reinhart to their forward core. <laughs> uh, anyways. Their forward core looks really good. They got Carter Verhage, who enjoyed quite a breakout season with them last year, uh, playing on a line with Alexander Barkov and Sam Reinhardt, Jonathan Huberdeau with Sam Bennett and Anthony DeClaire. You got Frank Vitrano, Anton Lundell, who's a very promising prospect, as well as Owen Tippett, Mason, Mason Marshmont, Noel Achari, and Patrick Hornfist on the fourth line. That's a ridiculous fourth line. I could see Hornfist... If he's not playing in the top six, and it, it doesn't really seem like they have a spot for him in the top six, or they want a spot for him in the top six, if he's not playing in the top six, I could see him getting shipped out for, I'm not sure what, maybe a defenseman. Maybe a defenseman. Uh, in the offseason, the Florida Panthers went out and acquired Brandon Montour. Um, oh, they did. They got him from Buffalo, or he used to be on Buffalo. He used to be right? on Buffalo. Yeah. The Florida Panthers' defense look amazing. They lost Keith Yandel, but they don't really need him. They've got Mackenzie Wieger and Aaron Ekblad. Ekblad, almost one of the top ten defensemen in the league, I'd say. He His injury last season, breaking his leg, absolutely destroyed this team's season. Devastating. Uh, Radko Gudis is, like, the guy, like, the number one draft pick if you play 
in bangers leagues for fantasy. Yeah, So yeah. when they track penalty minutes and hits, um, Radko Gudis leads, like, all those stat categories. They also picked up uh, Marcus Nuivara from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, cool. Or I guess he would have played on Columbus last season. Right. He's just a, he's, you know, a very reliable two-way defenseman. Mm-hmm. Their goaltenders are... Pretty good. They don't have Chris Jeter anymore. They're deciding to go with Spencer Knight, who's on an ELC. He is, uh, that's an entry-level contract. Young rookie goalie. Where was he playing before? Like, I feel like, was he on Team Canada? Maybe, the juniors? Maybe. And they've also got Sergei Bobrovsky, two-time Vesna winner, at least two-time, might even be three. Spencer Knight has got, like, harder heart type potential here, you know? Sergei Bobrovsky has probably past his prime he's like really shaky and he's getting paid a lot of money for a long time that's the worst thing about this florida team but we saw last season bobrovsky can play well i don't know why he's so shaky sometimes but joel quinville is an amazing coach he won a few cups with chicago blackhawks yeah now he's on the panthers so i think with that kind of environment, Bobrovsky will be able to thrive. Bobrovsky's biggest concerns in Florida were in the year before last year when Quinville wasn't here, what well, wasn't there, and when Quinville, uh, you know, joined the club, Bobrovsky really improved. Yeah, I agree. At number three, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't think that this is a long shot. I don't. I don't think that this is fan bias. I don't even think that the Leafs necessarily got better in the offseason. I think that's how good the Toronto Maple Leafs are. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs would be in the Stanley Cup Finals against the the Tampa Bay Lightning last year if John Tavares doesn't get injured. So... Terrible. Yeah, in the offseason, they lose Hyman. They pick up Richie... And Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting, David Kampf, Andre, Kasha. Andre Kasha. They managed to keep all of their all defensemen their except no, no. They lost Bogosian, yeah, who goes back to Tampa. But otherwise, they keep Brody, Riley, Muzzin, and Justin Hall, which is a great top four. Travis Dermott is probably only going to get better. Rasmus Sandin is only, only going to get, get better. better. They managed to pick. They maintain Jack Campbell, and they let Freddie Anderson go to pick up Peter Mrazek, who had a career year last year. He showed that he plays really well on teams with strong defense, as well as in a tandem operation. And I bet you that is what the Leafs are going to do. Yeah, because Jack Campbell played incredible last year, but he did have a little bit of like endurance in uh, endurance injuries going on. Yeah. So I think if you can get a tandem going, him and Mrazek, this team is going to be unreal. Th- Looking at guys like Michael Bunting and Nick Ritchie to really join the the top six. We're assuming here the top six lines and replace kind of replace uh, replace the guys like Hyman, be the guys to go get the puck, be in front of the net, tip the puck, and whatever you know. Screen the goalie. We need some of that here in Toronto. Yeah, they're my number two in the East. I think the biggest problem for Toronto will be getting out of the East. Yeah, you got teams like Boston, Florida, and Tampa in the same division as Toronto. So Mm. it'll be tricky. It'll be tricky. Number two is our number one in the West. And we have the Colorado Avalanche. I believe that they will beat the Vegas Golden Knights in the semifinals to get to the Stanley Cup finals. 
They're amazing. They've got the second best forward line in the league, I would say, probably second to Boston. Yeah. With Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Gabriel Landeskog. They might even be better. Yeah, honestly, it might be better. The team is looking a bit more complete over the past few years in terms of forwards. They recently picked up Nazem Kadri, who's a true number two centerman. Andre Burakovsky is also only getting better. They lost Jonas Donskoy over the offseason, which is surprisingly a huge hit. He had a great year last year, but yeah. I think players like JT Comfer will be able to step up and hopefully fill that role. Otherwise, they may need to make some moves for some forward support because they also lost guys like Brendan Saad in the offseason. And I don't know that the third line of Valeri Nechuskin, Tyson Jost, who will get better, and Alex Newhook, I don't know that that's like the replacement for last year, which had Saad on that line. Yeah, as far as I remember, Alex Newhook was tried out in a couple of games with Colorado last season and had a stellar performance. He looked really good. Uh, looked really good. So, you know, you give him the offseason to develop. Uh, you put him on that third line with Jostin and Chuskin. He's a speedy playmaking winger, and he's got a good shot. I think, uh, you know, him also on the power play, that third line is going to be fine. You might want to, you know, you might want to look to upgrade JT Comfer throughout the year at some point because I don't think he has the same potential yeah. as a Jonas Donskoy. Yeah. However, the third line is solid, and if you do you know, make a trade for a second-line winger. JT Comfer, say, bumps Newhooks to the fourth line, Nuchuskin to the fourth line. That third and fourth line now just look nasty. Yeah, I feel like they kind of missed out on the Taylor Hall. Yeah. Sweepstakes. That's true. I, you know what, yeah, I think he would have been a good fit there, especially for the deal that he's on at Boston. But instead, what they've done with that money is focused on defense. And I think Joe Sackick has done a great few, a great job over the past few years in bringing in some really competent defense for not a lot. I'm looking at guys like Devon Taves, who came over for two seconds from the Islanders. Uh, he's an amazing two-way defenseman, defensively based, and pairing him with Kale McCarr, who's rookie, second-best defenseman in the league we put in our top ten list. Uh, offensive base defense like that's yeah. a great top pairing that's an it's insane Samuel Gerrard on the second line pairing left also side fantastic offensive defenseman fantastic he was and he's well he's great two-way but he can oh, make sure. offensive uh, offensive moves I had I held him on my fantasy team pretty much the entire season last year he's kind of a sleeper pick again uh, he's kind of a sleeper pick and I plan to pick him again this year Eric Johnson's competent two-way defensive base defenseman on that line as well Bowen Byram another rookie who uh, Canadian coming up uh, will only get better over time yeah, he's a, a very skilled two-way defenseman. He's got a lot of offensive potential, but he's also, you know, he can lay checks and he knows what to do in the defensive zone. I, also, I, I saw a couple of plays of him just absolutely dangling, you know, breaking the ankles really? of some, uh, some veteran NHLers in mm. the corner of his own, his own zone. So crazy. He's got a lot of potential there. He's going to be playing with Ryan Murray, who's coming from the New Jersey Devils. Just a reliable defensive guy, you know. Really rounds out that top six in a great way. The they, big change. Yeah, the big change. Like, I think Joe Sackick did a good job over this offseason, especially considering it was an expansion year. 
of maintaining the character of this team. I know that you don't, you only lose one guy to expansion and you have a lot of things, you have a lot of protections, but when you're also losing guy, when a, and the same year as expansion, when a lot of your main players are coming off of their contracts yeah. into UFAs, unrestricted free agency, it's tough. So I think Sackick did a good job of keeping the defense. You lose Jonas Donskoy, that's not the worst thing. You probably would rather lose Donskoy than Yost, Tyson Yost or Jost, who's got a, a lot of who's young and has a lot of potential to get better. Almost lost Landeskog. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you lose your captain, your top your top line left winger, one of the better <laughs> power forwards in the league, who is a perfect complement to the other two players there. He's your captain. He was here. He was one of your first draft picks when you were going through the rebuild a long time ago, and you almost lose him because you don't want to pay him enough. Uh, I just feel like you make that work. It, Joe Sackick ended up making it work, so good for him. But what he ended up not making work was the goaltender. They lose Philip Grubauer, who re- we ranked as the fourth best goalie in the league. They did a. I, I, I just don't understand why they don't sign him. It's yeah, yeah. it. He they, they're saying we'll give you five and a half, and he's saying I want six, and they just don't give it to him, and he leaves. I just feel like you give it to him. You know who he is. You know he's reliable. You just give it to him. So pay that boy. He ends up walking, and they have to make a trade for Darcy Kemper. There goes their first again. I don't think that first is really a big deal because it's probably going to be a late round first. And Kemper is a good goalie. Kemper's a good goalie. He's had some injury issues. Their backup, Pavel Frankuz, will have to perform well as well, or else they're going to have to do some more trading, and it's going to be a bit of a shit show. So those are the concerns with Colorado, but they're just so strong in every other area that those concerns are mitigated. At number one, shouldn't be a surprise here, we've got the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're in a three-peat, man. They should three-peat. They're, they're the best. They're on, t- on paper, they're the best team in the league. Again, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov and Andre Palat in that first line is filthy. It's not the best line league, but it doesn't need to be. Kucherov is probably the best right winger in the league, and Braden Point is a top 10 player, yeah. as, prob- as well as probably a top 10 center. Well, easily. Definitely. The second line's even super strong. You got Alex Kalorn, who's a very promising power forward. Playing with Steven Stamkos yep. and Alex Baraboulet. Who is an upcoming sniper. Upcoming sniper. I thought uh, playmaker, but sniper works as well. He's Yeah, he's a really speedy, good uh, upcoming player. Andre Palat on the first line had a career year last season, almost getting a point a game. Anthony Sorelli on the third line as a centerman. People say that he should win the Selkie, which is for the best defensive forward. And they signed Corey Perry in the offseason. That's a great addition. They still have Patrick Maroon, who has been to three Stanley Cup finals in a row. Sorry, he's won three Stanley Cup finals. He won with the St. Louis Blues before signing in free agency with Tampa, where he won back-to-back years. And I think they're the number one to go again this year because they've also got the best defenseman in the league with Hedman, Victor Hedman. Uh, Ryan McDonough is well, certainly no joke. They kept the defense is the same as last year. Yeah, they kept everyone. Mikhail Sergachev 
on the third line is a joke he's going to be brought up. Eric Charnak, great defensive guy. Jan Ruda at Cal Foot. Both good, I guess. Bogosian re-signed with them too. He's not even on this lineup that we're looking at. And then, of course, you got the best goalie in the league in the world, Andre Vasilevsky, and he's being backed up uh, this year by Brian Elliott. Interesting. Who is a little interesting, but it's uh, different than last year's backup. I can't, couldn't even tell you his name. McElhaney, maybe. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Nothing impressive from their backup last year, so maybe Brian Elliott can bring, can bring a couple more wins for the team. Uh, they also bring in Pierre-Edouard Belmar from the Colorado Avalanche to play on their fourth line. Mm. Could easily be a third-line player. Yeah, this team stacks once good? again. I don't know much about him. He's like he's like a solid two-way guy. He's reliable. He could play third-line minutes. So, yeah, this is definitely the best team. Well, let us know what you think. You can tweet at us at a good hockey pod on Twitter. Uh, also on Reddit at GoodHockeyPod. Follow us on Medium.com slash GoodHockeyPod. This episode of Good Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Tin Drum Tattoo Studio. Look up Tin underscore Drum underscore Tattoo underscore Studio on Instagram. The studio is owned by Tata. He's a Japanese artist and a good friend of the show. That's He'll right. take good care of you. His minimum price for tattoos is $60 compared to a normal shop's 120 The reason why he can charge you those rates is because Tata owns the shop. That means he doesn't have to pay chair fees. None of it. So everything is... So the savings are passed on to you. Come, 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 come now. He's done all of our tattoos and he's the best. He so is great. Go check him out. Tin underscore drum underscore tattoo underscore studio on Instagram. Okay, thanks, folks. Hope you have a good week. Bye.